0: Log Talk Radio Urban Glory Radio Simply Glory Well, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Get right into the lesson. I have a lot of information to give you tonight as we continue our teaching on transformation. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and God, to give me clear articulation of speech and liberation of thought, as I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to what the Spirit saith to the church, and Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. It is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We've been talking about transformation no longer conforming to the ways of the world but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I want to highlight right quick how the mind is renewed and then I want to get into uh, finding transformational Grace. That's the lesson for tonight. Finding, finding, transformational grace. Now, please, if you've been studying with us, you know we have we have unpacked a lot of information in the last four weeks of January um, for this teaching, and I think we 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 as believers we don't have resolutions, we have reformation,s and uh, uh, revolutions. Uh, that God expects of us to continue to transform ourselves, and I started off with the the model of transfiguration as an illustration the power of transformation. God, because transformation is a change in nature, and not just conduct, convictions, or beliefs. Conducts, convictions, attitudes, conducts, uh, or attitudes, beliefs, and conduct are all byproducts of your faith, but ultimately Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. But transformation translates us into the perfect or the matured uh, effect of God's will being actively implemented in our lives. So there is something to prove. As believers, we have something to prove. The superior vestment that God's and the spirit that he has, has empowered us mm-hmm. because he not only gives us ability to achieve, but he enables us to perform intents and the passions of his heart. Philippians says, it is he that both causes us both to will and do his good pleasure. So we've been talking about the foundation of transformi- transformation, That if it's not founded on the Word of God, then you can't prove the Word of God. We talked about how we frame transformational reform, and, and it pushed us to have faith that transformed so that we can review and renew. And the key to transformation is our change in nature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are made new. And if we don't focus on the newness of life and walk in the newness of life, then we will not experience the God kind of life that he intended for us to live. And that's where I talked last week on how does the, the divine perfecting process work. Uh, how does the work of God's power perfect us as we believe and trust in him? First, he introduces us to the law of God. James 1.25, anyone who looks perfectly into the law of, of the perfect law of liberty will be blessed in all his doing. Then he transforms us in the life of Christ. We look unto Jesus, and I gave you uh, five graces one time of the divine mind. He, he had a divine consciousness. Mm. You know, uh, what, uh, Philippians, I, I don't want to get into that because I'll get lost in that teaching. But but I gave the, 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 the processes of what was the mind of Christ who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and made himself of no reputation, taking on the fam- fashion and the form of a man. He humbled himself to death on a cross and God so highly exalted him. Why did God exa- highly exalted him? He had the. Uh, a God consciousness. He had a compassion to serve. He didn't care about people boasting up his head because he was concentrating on achieving the will of God, even through obedience to death. Those those attributes that he that he emitted in his life gives us a, a pattern you know, to exist in the plan of God for our life. So we we, we can look at Colossians. Chapter 1 and chapter 2, and a focus on 21 through 29, in the life of Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not my faith. My faith is, is, is defined by the best of my uh, searching out to please God, to act on what I believe. But our belief is not enough. If ye be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above and not on things on earth where he is seated. There's an experience in the Christian life where your nature begins to thrive for something greater, something bigger. And that bigger place, that bigger place is the presence and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit which enables us to live the Christian life, which is the nature of Christ. And so we have the law of God, the life of God, and in that encounter with the Holy Spirit, we express ourselves in the love of God. The highest attribute that a believer can have is the the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the love of God personified. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And it affirms us and it cleans us and it makes us right. It it empowers us to live unto righteousness and not unto sin. Now, why do we know this? Because it brings us into our lesson. We have found a transformational route called grace, the grace of God, which empowers our walk with the Spirit of God to live out the righteousness of God in Christ. And we're gonna we're gonna explore that in scripture today. But before we do that, I want to make certain also that I review with you what happens. First of all, when you really get into to remember I said Jesus is not God's last name or Jesus' is last name or Christ is not Jesus' is last name, but it's indicative or it is symbolic of his spirit that has been released and and, and, and provided to us to live and embody the plan of God in our lives. It is Christ in you. It is the hope of glory, the substance of God that brings weight, that brings character, that reflects the beauty and the image of God. We are those who are joined to the Lord, are one spirit with him. Uh, we don't have our own spirit. We are one with the Lord in spirit. And as, I, as we unite with God in the spirit, we are then enabled to live this Christian life in confidence in God. But why is that? Because he has afforded his grace that keeps us from falling. Grace is not an escape, uh, an escape route to uh, deny and avoid consequences to actions we have not been made accountable for. It is much more powerful than that, and if you're not careful, you don't get into a group of teachings that uh, have distorted the quality and the integrity of god's grace, God's enabling power to perform in his confidence based on his abilities uh, at work in us that He has merited on us without credit, given us as an act of salvation as a work. That only he could achieve. He could translate us out of the kingdom of darkness into the marvelous light at a blink because he loves us. And we should not take that for granted. Transformational grace. You know, because what's happening now is people have a form of godliness. They deny the power. You know, and the kingdom of God is not in words. Mm, mm, The letter killeth the spirit of life. The the kingdom of God is not in word. Until it affects your life, you shouldn't give words to things that don't change who you are, especially in your nature. It's amazing to me uh, how many people attempt to adapt the knowledge of God's word in their life without allowing it to become uh, a part of their nature. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you. See, that abiding factor is not a casual acquaintance. It's not even an educated study that helps you translate who he is to you. But it is when you come in contact with God's spirit and you allow that spirit to lead and guide you into the truth, to show you things to come, to convict you of sin, and to, and to be that help and instruction own truths that, uh, that affords you affords you the better life, the life that God intended you to live. Now, that's the perfecting process. It's the, the, the law of God, the order of God, the life of Christ, and the love of God at work in your life. And that also translates not only into the maturing factor of the life of a believer, but it also outlines who we are and what God has done in us when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so, what the suggestion of Romans does? Romans was a message sent to the church by Paul to a young church that was 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 creating a culture that would ultimately. Listen here, when when we talk about reading context, I listen to a lot of preachers and they go to translating texts without actually understanding the overall message. Uh, which is the context. What was the setting? The setting was there needed to be a clearer message because there was too many messages being transmitted as Christianity. And Christianity needed to, needed to uh, always be founded in the nature of Christ. It's amazing to me how many people try to adapt the things of God without taking on his, the attributes of his nature. That's why he says, you know, in Ephesians 6, put on the nature or the armor of God. What makes God who he is? And and bump the imagery that is found in the armor of the royal of the Roman armor that they wore. The 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 key to it that if you have faith, the word of the gospel, the truth, the salvati the of salvation, the sword of the spirit, all of those different attributes, once you have those things kept working you, the Spirit of God in you, you'll be able to withstand the oppression and the attacks that come to catch you. In a state where you are not transformed, you are not operating in the change of nature that God has has provided. So when when things comes to your mind to really uh, uh, to uh, to really change and, and convert your your nature, you, the first thing he's going to he's going to show you is your power complex. Then he's going to deal with the personality conflicts that, that just are not indicative of who he is. And you've got to make a resolve this year. And whenever you decide to listen to the word of God, that I am not going to represent my Savior any old kind of way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to discredit the integrity of his work by the inconsistencies of my character. I am going to live in him, mm. then that he will also reveal the people patterns who you emulate, em, emulate consistently. You mimic, you modest. See, some of you have have taken on the secular cultures so much so that we can't even identify you as a Christian no more. You you you, you you're even skeptical about wearing crosses. You're you're skeptical about praying over your food when you go out to eat for a social evening. Where are you at? And you you may say, yeah, you may try to justify that and try to say you don't want to be so spiritual that you're no earthly good. It's impossible to be superly spiritual and be no earthly good. That's the trick of the enemy, to try to numb the, the, the intensity that is required because of the work of the cross. And it's even crept into how we translate grace, but grace is transformational. It is it is it is a work that 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 when it is at work in your life, and no one can identify with you but God because of the amount of power that's been allotted to you to be what he has enabled you to be. So then when when Christ confronts you, so that you will no longer conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And he's also going to look at the plausible accepted iniquities of your life so that way you can transform your personal devotion. Meaning how you represent him even when other people don't look at you. Because it's not just about yeah you. See, the message is simple. The process is, is simple. But it's narrow and it's straight, it's so straight that people have have tried everything they can to to rid people of having a a conviction that's why james I told you to the illustration of James last week that James was like hey i'll show you I'll show you your faith by what you produce, and Grace does the same thing now you know the theology now that's out there is that grace doesn't really well, grace just covers it you know. Yeah, uh, what we've done before so we can have confidence to appear like we're Christian. But that's not a work of Christ. Because if, if, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And, and so many people have a distorted Christianity today because they think that because God has given them grace, He is okay. And, and we read how in Romans 6 that the work of, of, of us being identified with Christ Mm, cleanses us, uh, so and the Hebrew said it cleanses our conscience left from dead works so that we can serve a living God. Now, how do we renew the mind? The renewal of the mind can be done, and you can take notes. And by number one, uh, the, the first thing that results of the clinic. Change the way you think. A, a 360, a turnaround. Then also a revelation of your creation. What God has created, you have been created in the good works that he might show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And then it also, um, the renewal of mind indicates that you have a resolve to exit from sin and enter into righteousness. Exit from sin. Not just be forgiven for sin, but exit from it. Mm. And then it, it gives you a reality of godliness. That's why Jesus tells us uh, emphatically in the, in the epistles to uh, add to our faith. Because uh, we're we talking about faith that transform, transforms us into the God kind of nature, the God kind of life, the life of God, the life of Christ, and the love of God, uh, and the laws of God all point us to so that God has a different nature and a way of life. So if he does, and we still hold on to our nature, it is in enmity. The Bible says the flesh is enmity against God. That means it's evil. It's, it's 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 corrupt. But see, when the man is taking on a new nature, that's what Paul was praying that the that the inner man might be enlightened. Mm. All right, now let's get into tonight's lesson because we need to understand grace, and that's uh, uh, the reality of Godliness. And of course, we we accept the work of His resurrection, because if Jesus had not raised from the dead, we cannot have confidence to approach an all-holy God who still cannot. He can't look on sin, so it is God's work of the cross that covers our sin, but it also cleanses us. It covers, it cleanses us, and it creates a new. Man in Christ, in Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we're going to get into the theology of grace a little bit tonight. I will um, give you a heads up that you need to listen to next month's teaching. Um, we're going to do 28 Days of Glory. Now, subscribe online. Uh, subscribe to us. We're going to do 28 Days of Glory where I'm going to get on a podcast daily on a um, uh, 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 powerful reforming teaching called the spiritual masters mastermind and um, I, would, I would encourage you to sign up for that. And then on, on Thursday nights, I'm going to be teaching on the dispensation of grace. And I'm going to take this teaching and just amplify it to a whole other degree and kind of go through line upon line and precept up upon precept what the power of God's grace does for us today and how we can exemplify that grace through our change in nature. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're manifesting. Uh, the glory of God through be, be embodying our, our new nature as sons of God. And this year we're talking about sonship, identifying ourselves with Christ on the broadcast. So I want to talk about the dispensation of grace, and um, hopefully by the end of the year I can get into the dispensation of God, which we have not going to talk on, um, especially on this platform. So um, at the core of transformation, there are key connecting factors that takes place. Number one is the conversion by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you when you when when transformation takes place, the conversion. Conversion is a remember a conversion is a mathematical imagery that has been placed in the in the Word of God that lets us know where you are converted trusted to your brother. But conversions are numbers that are placed to to translate value. Mm. It, it's set to 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 display and to distinguish the value of the two uh, um, the two uh, components that are being qualified. So convert when when you convert something. I mean, just for instance, like uh, when when uh, when a person goes to another country and they have cash, they have to look at the conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And and when they when they do that, the value of the dollar is distinguished. In that particular country, it could be more, it could be less. But in order to uh, operate in currency and, and use uh, their uh, economic cycle, you're going to have to translate your, or transform your, your money into their money, so that way when you go to their stores, they identify your currency as as acceptable in their state. That's what happens in conversion. What, what God does when you are transformed, he, he makes, you, <clears throat> makes you qualified by adding value to you. My God, I could preach on that, but I'm not. And then it also establishes conduct established in righteousness. Yeah, See, conversion is an outward uh, and an, uh, a spiritual work, but it's an outward work and an outward expression that you've been identified with Christ. But then your conduct is established in the righteousness of God. And that's where uh, grace comes. Uh, Grace picks up because a lot of times we have not um, we have not really mastered uh, this thing about righteousness. Anytime you go into an uh, all-holy setting, you become holy. You become right. You begin to have a conviction to say this is not right, this is what is right, this is what I'm going to do to get right, and you get right. Because God's power is at work and involved in transforming you. Thirdly, a control over carnality through casting down wicked imaginations that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What happens? You begin to take control over your life. You begin to find out who you are in Christ and that you are more than, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And then there is correction through revelation knowledge, by confirming yourself with the mind of Christ. Mm. That's why I was referring to Philippians. And then also your character is built through faith because everything that is not done in faith is sin. So if you're transformed to righteousness, obviously it's because you have walked by faith
1: and not
0: (laughs) by sight. I want to give you some scriptures to reference. You know, you look at the 12 spies of Israel, they had the track of transformation. They feared it. God had sent them in the promised land, and they had went out to to go spy the land, and God had allowed them to eat from the land, walk in the land for 40 days, and they still came back with a bad report because the trap was, the captivity of their mind was, they didn't have the courage to chart the new territories that God had already showed them that they already could possess without being caught. By anything because they were superior over the thing, the people that they thought they were grasshoppers in, in their own sight. So because of their thinking, it became their own trap to them transforming. Here, God has sitting them in the promised land, but they couldn't even attain it. Then you look at Sansa's example, the trans, uh, the tragedy of of transforming through wrong perspectives, allowing people to twist your transformation uh uh-huh. he had a covenant with God, and then he started allowing the suggestions of a woman to alter his perspective to the point that she was deceptive and caused her. Now, they raised him back up, but he didn't have to lose his sight and go through that process because of the fact he embraced a twisted transformation through altering perspectives that don't matter. Don't be careful who you're listening to. Take earnest heed how you hear. Then you can look at Jonah's life who transformed himself, his thinking, through trial. Now, that wasn't the best way, the way the transgressors transgressor is on, but the gift of God is eternal life and peace, the way his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But Jonah uh, took other people through him avoiding transformation. He knew God wanted him to do better. He knew God had a mission for him to say, but he, all, he, he wanted to manipulate the process by, tra- by avoiding transformational thinking. Hmm. So that became his own question. And then uh, then you also see training and transformation, which we all want to get to. When the disciples were being called out to, to work with the Lord, Jesus had sent uh went out to where they were working and God got qualified men that were doing the work because faith without works is there, doing the works of, of crafts and trade because they were needed for the effectiveness of the propelling of the gospel throughout the world. So um, when Peter, who had a business, a successful business, was toiling all night and day, in one section God had, had told him to change his perspective. And once he changed his perspective, he cast his letter on another side. He didn't change his perspective at that point. He changed his perspective after he saw the results. Just like, uh, just like um, uh, Thomas did when he had touched the signs of Jesus, he said, "Blessed are you because you see," but blessed are those who don't even see. Um, and and learn to believe before they see. Because I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We know that if we believe in our heart and our doubt, those things which we say will come to pass, not because we have uh, just learned some good words, but because our words are based on a character that is consistent with the nature and the will of God for our lives. The will of God for his life was to obey Jesus. And when Peter obeyed Jesus, (laughs) Uh, And changed his, uh, obeyed, nonetheless, that his perspective wasn't changed. When he did what Jesus said out of a simple act of obedience, came uh, not only wealth for his business, but a new way of life, and he left everything that he had. Oh, man, I don't even know how much was muted. See, that's the enemy that tries to stop us, but he won't stop us. Let's keep rolling. Let me read this section again. Uh, um, the grace of God. Uh, the grace of God. Uh, you can mark down in Ephesians four seven. It says, "But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift." But the gift of Christ. It says, "But the grace of God." Um, by, but by the grace of God upon me was mercy in vain. And then it says, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And we know that the grace also uh, personifies the, the, um, the personality of the Holy Spirit. I have to say this more in the dispensation of grace as we teach. But Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 is a good scripture to know. Ephesians 2, 4, uh, 2 verse 4 through 7 says, but God who is rich in mercy. For his love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And he he has raised, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now let me give you five things that grace is, and then we'll spend more in the next lesson. Number one, grace is a salve, is, is a salvation necessity. Because it's for by grace we are saved. Number two, grace is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Not see the grace is not given, but it's, it's 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 made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. The Holy Spirit. When you when you hear the word Christ, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show us the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us. So we translate our relationship with God because it is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Number three, grace is the sanctifying tool of righteousness in us. Right, because it cleanses us from sin so we can serve the living God with a clear conscience. Number four, grace is the signature of God's covenant that uh, that makes a mark on us, that we are one with him. Grace is a signature of God's covenant. And then ultimately, grace is the sole force that overcomes the nature of sin. It's the sole force that overcomes the nature of sin. So we continue to sin that grace may abound. God forbid. Wow, we have the mind of Christ ultimately resolves to. Amen. Now, grace, and I want to give you this, and I'm going to, I'm going to pause, and then we're going to pick this up in another teaching called the dispensation of grace. We're going to explore it, and we're going to challenge the the current deceptions of false teachings concerning grace, and then we're going to create a road map that empowers the reality of grace so that we can have confidence to exemplify the lifestyle of a Christian, to be complete as before. Amen. Now, let me give you some thoughts, and then, then we'll pray. Grace acknowledges our Christian experience by empowering our walk with, with the confidence that God has afforded through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it enlightens our spirit man. It enlightens our spirit man. Grace authorizes aspects of the covenant that we make with God and affords abundance through the gift of righteousness. Why? Because it enhances our qualities of life. Grace alters a complex of sin to righteousness found in the mind, producing favor to manifest the perfect will of God, supernatural sufficiency, because it empowers our Christian perspective. And then grace always transforms our nature into living a life of godliness through exploits of supernatural power. Because if a Christian doesn't have an experience, then Christianity is still rather transformational. Now, what God wants to do today is take us to a lifestyle that makes his, his working, his ways, his will relevant, and not only relevant but revolutionary through transforming us from the inside out. God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can have the proof that, hey, God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, if he spoke something over your life, he will ensure not only will he go out his way to make it come to pass in so that you can see his goodness, he will make you a living example that becomes unquestionable, irrefutable, and empowered only to where God gets all the glory for the things that he is doing in you, with you, for you, by you, through you, to you, for others. And this pray, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart manifest a transforming work that hits across this country globally, that people will not passively uh, uh, and religiously call upon your name to sound like a sounding a symbol with no pr- proof of power. But let there be a clinging to your calling. Let there be a clinging to your courage. Let there be a clinging to your character. That that there awakens a crave in the inner man's of the complacent to wake up and become who we are in Christ, who we are supposed to be as examples of Christ. And Lord, I ask you now to touch the hearts of your people and give them an understanding of the importance of this time to transform not just for themselves, but to prove your perfect will. Help us understand why, who, what, and when, where, and how we're supposed to embody who you really are so that if we lift you up before the earth, you will draw others into yourself. Father, we love you and praise you, and we take it a privilege and honor to be considered your choice, your choice and your chosen vessels for this time. For this moment, for this opportunity, make it relevant like never before, Lord, as we learn to transform who we are, our nature, right in step with you. We praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do. Because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Join me next month, all 28 days. We're studying the word of God, and we're becoming spiritual masterminds. Not only are we doing that, we are going to um, have many other teachings during that, that time. Um, but we are going to experience a greater discipline in the word of God and then uh join me next month as I begin the new series on the dispensation of grace. God bless you and good night I'll see uh, listen to me on the next broadcast. God bless you bye-bye Okay, round two name something that's not boring. A laundry ooh, a book club.